Hi everyone, it's Emily and I'm back with another episode of the 21 and Sensory podcast. So on today's episode, which is episode 28, I have the very lovely and super creative Cheryl. So many of you will recognize Cheryl from the autistic videos she creates on TikTok, where she now has over 200,000 followers, which is insane. Um, So Cheryl, would you like to say hi and just do a little kind of introduction to yourself? Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm 25. And as you heard, I make videos on TikTok. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Um, I'm super excited to just kind of chat to you a bit. So let's go for a little bit of background. So you're autistic. Do you mind sort of letting the kind of listeners know when you were diagnosed and how you kind of went about that sort of kind of process? So as you know I'm autistic and I was diagnosed March 2018 so nearly three years ago now. Um, kind of started at university, I had a mentor for having mental health difficulties and he works with a lot of students who are on the autistic spectrum and he was like hey Cheryl I think you might be autistic and I was like hmm maybe. So I did a bit of research online um, especially around autism in girls and I was like, wow, this really relates. Um, and it would make a lot of sense. Like my entire childhood would finally make sense if I got diagnosed. So I went to my GP uh, with a list of examples of how I related to autism, not just now, but when I was younger. And she was like, wow, uh, yeah, maybe we should uh, refer you to the diagnosis team. So then I waited around two years because, uh, you know, waiting times are pretty long. And I went for an assessment and my mum was there and I was speaking with a nurse It lasted about three hours and he was asking loads of questions about my development, how I was as a baby, my childhood, all this kind of stuff. And my mum was there to kind of answer the questions I couldn't. And then we went on to like secondary school and how I am now and just spoke a lot about um, examples of how I relate to the criteria. And I did a few questionnaires because, you know, it wouldn't be the NHS if there wasn't a questionnaire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, it... um, came up that I was autistic in the end and they had to go to a big like dis- multidisciplinary team meeting uh, to talk to the doctors to run through my case and they were like yeah 100% autistic <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that kind of made a lot of sense. Oh amazing so it wasn't until you got to uni so were you like if it's three years ago were you like 22 is that right? Yeah I was 22. 22 so it wasn't until you got to uni that someone kind of said look you might be autistic had you like thought about it at all before or yeah I had so I thought about it when I was 16 um I was really struggling with my mental health when I was that age and I was in hospital and I was like I actually think I'm autistic like a lot of the things I was doing were kind of things autistic people did Mm -hmm. um and I was a bit concerned and I did some research and I was like yeah this kind of relates uh so I kind of went to my doctor and I was like my my psychiatrist in the hospital and I was like hey I'm I think I'm autistic and they kind of laughed it off um, and thought that I was just using that as a way to get discharged quicker Uh, and that was really savage because I spoke to my mum about it as well and she kind of agreed that she thought I was autistic at the time and it all got laughed off and like shoved aside which is a bit awkward. Yeah because you could have really done with that you know diagnosis and to have to wait until you were 22 that's mad. It would have helped uh, if I was diagnosed a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. that's really interesting I mean I'm glad that you, you had someone supportive at uni who kind of picked up on it a bit that's that's great but like you say 
you know, being in hospital and reaching out to someone you kind you kind of hope to be taken seriously and it doesn't sound like you were particularly. No. <laughs> oh, that's a real shame. Um and how do you feel kind of now kind of having your diagnosis? It, have you kind of embraced it more? I I mean, obviously on TikTok that's the impression I get. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely embraced it. Like at first it was really strange because I was like, wow, this means so much and it was a lot of information to take in. Because it was like I had so many experiences from being a child that mm-hmm. now made sense and I never mm-hmm. understood them before. So it was a lot of information to take in and it took a long time to like let it settle. Um, but once it settled, like I kind of embraced it a bit. I was like, wow, like I know how to look after myself now because before I would do millions of things. I'd do all my uni work. I would then have a job. I would then do volunteering on top. I would never rest. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got really unwell. Like I had uh, really bad mental health problems because I wasn't resting and I didn't realize that I'm actually autistic and I need to recharge. Mm-hmm. Well, I would look at all my friends who would be doing a million and one things and I would hate myself because I couldn't do it. And I didn't realize that I was autistic. Um, so it really helped me benefit my mental health. Um, now of TikTok, I um, saw lots of autistic creators on there and I, they were so confident. And I was like, wow, I want to be like them. Like they are so confident. They're owning it. And that's why I kind of started making videos because I saw other people do it um, and I wanted to be positive. And yeah, like just making videos and just seeing the community on TikTok has like completely changed who I am and like how I am. And I'm confident now, like at work, I will be my autistic self. I don't hide it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I always used to hide it like for years. And that's just exhausting. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's so, it's so great to hear that it's something you've kind of, you're kind of learning kind of to embrace more and more and it sounds like you've become like even more confident in yourself and also kind of online as well and that's great that you can like be yourself as well at work I think that's really important and that's something that I'm trying to like work towards is trying to like tell someone at work and then not have to mask at work because <laughs> yeah. um, it's I don't know it'd be great to not have to like mask because like you say it like tires you out so much and yeah. it's obviously not great for your mental health as well um but that's really interesting um the kind of path you've gone along and have you kind of uh, like your uni like supportive like are they kind of putting in kind of additional like support and stuff for you if you need it yeah so I'm at a different uni now um because I'm doing nursing another mm-hmm. life change <laughs> um, my uni is so supportive like my last uni weren't supportive at all especially like the course tutors and stuff but now these these tutors are incredible. I don't know if it's because they're nurses themselves and they're just caring people, um, but the support is so good. Like they're constantly telling you you need to recharge. Like this is for everyone, not just me. They're like mm-hmm. you need to look after yourself. You need to recharge. All this kind of stuff. Like you can only be so resilient. Um, you need to look after yourself. Like it's amazing. And they're constantly like, if you're struggling, there's the wellbeing center. Um, if you don't know how to get there, we can like tell you. Um, especially with the pandemic. And they're always checking in on us um, to make sure we're okay because it's quite isolating studying from home a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. And I get um, a mentor and a study skills tutor uh, through DSA, which is amazing. Uh, A bit of equipment as well. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a lot better this time. I feel more confident and happy. Oh, that's good. And it sounds like a really like supportive course. That's good that like, because I really feel like some, sometimes unis miss the whole kind of 
just like mental health and checking in on you and stuff like that. And like you say, if you're working from home, it can be a bit kind of lonely and isolating. So that's really nice to hear that, you know, they're kind of on top of that sort of thing and just checking in with you and that you have the support that you need, which is great. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's good. And are you, are you enjoying your course in terms of like nursing? Is it something that you're kind of passionate about? Yeah, I love my course. Um, it's so different. Like my last university degree I did, I always had this weird feeling that it wasn't where I was meant to be, but I couldn't really do much about it. And then this time I just like first day, I'm like, I love it. And it hasn't changed since. Like I have friends, which are amazing. Uh, the course is really suited for me. Obviously it's a bit, I don't know, interesting to be an autistic nurse. Um, mm-hmm. But autism has its perks. And I said this a lot in my interviews, like, I told them I was autistic in my interviews and well, they took me. So yeah, <laughs> um, there's always its perks. Um, we do a sim suite, which is basically where you like practice being a nurse because um, my placement isn't until April. Um, and we have actors in. And one of the things I've really struggled with and I now know is a thing I need to pay attention is when it's really busy and all I can hear is everyone else's conversations mm-hmm. and I can't focus on my conversation. Right. So I have to kind of like stop and be like, actually, I need to refocus. And I just do that in my head. It takes like five seconds and I've got that down. And I think that's amazing because I wouldn't have known that if I just went straight into practice. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and that's so great that you get to like practice as well, like rather than be like in a hospital and doing it for the first time kind of thing. Like you actually get to kind of practice and realize the things that you're not kind of quite getting or, you know, like I can totally understand that in a hospital, literally all you can hear is everybody else. (laughs) So yeah, that's really good. And also how amazing to have, you know, autistic nurses and, you know, doctors and things like that, because you will be that bit more understanding if someone neurodiverse comes in or someone with learning difficulties come in, you'll have that extra kind of, I don't know, like patient kind of rapport, I think, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, think- I think it's a really important uh, area um, and I th- there's a lot of autistic nurses, doctors, etc. out there and you probably don't know about it um, mm. and I think it's really important. Like I've had people, nasty people online tell me like how can I be a nurse if I'm autistic but they don't really understand how autism works mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why I'm doing children's nursing is because I know I can mask less. So obviously with an adult I feel like I have to like I don't know, be, I don't know what the word is, be normal, but it's not that word, but like, yeah. I don't know, kind of restrict what I do and just yeah. have this mask and just be like an adult um, mm-hmm. and be professional in an adult way. Whereas with children, I know I can be bubbly, I can be like having fun, stuff like that, because they're children and yeah. that's just who I am as a person. So I don't have to hide as much as I would if I was an adult nurse. Mm-hmm. And also if you're a child coming in kind of ill, you want someone who's kind of fun and bubbly and is going to take care of you. And, you know, if you can be yourself, I think that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like you're really kind of, you found the course for you kind of thing. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) So did you do, did you like complete a degree or did you like switch to this degree? Yeah. So I completed my animation degree. Um, Okay. I kind of had to do that because I didn't have any GCSEs because I wasn't very well as a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. So this was basically the only way I could get into nursing. And it wasn't my original plan. Um, I thought I was going to do a career in animation, but honestly, it's just not for me. Uh, it's too isolating. I need to be 
doing something and just have a rewarding um, career and not just sit on a computer <laughs> it makes me sad. That's fair enough. At least you know that though, because I feel like some people kind of come out of university and they're like kind of struggle to try and get into it and it not quite be them the thing they want to do. At least you know that now what you're doing is kind of what you want to get into. <laughs> yeah, finally we got there. <laughs> so when did you? When did TikTok? arrive in your life when did it <laughs> become a kind of thing you wanted to do um interesting you say that so a friend told me to download the app which was all two not two years ago yeah nearly two years ago now okay um, and I just I don't know I didn't think much about it I was just like it seems like a silly app um but you know I'll download it see what the fuss is about mm-hmm. and like, I was scrolling through and like I don't know TikTok's boring to begin with because your for you page hasn't changed to what you like, so it's kind yeah. of like, a bit rubbish. Um, but then, like after a few weeks, it kind of changed. Um, and there's a lot of autistic creators on there, and I really looked up to them. And I was like, wow! But I never ever wanted to film a video. <laughs> <laughs> I just like wanted to watch people and have fun and like talk to my friends about things I've seen on TikTok. Um, and then there was an autistic sound going around. Um, it was kind of like about things you do as an autistic person and it was going quite viral. And I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe this is my chance to make a video about being autistic. Okay. So, you know, I filmed it. I didn't expect much of it and it got half a million views. Wow. Which was a lot. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's crazy. That was fun. And just kind of didn't think anything of it and didn't really make any videos after that until another autistic related sound came around and did it again, and that got 200,000 views. And I was like, oh, that, that was fun again. And it came to about um, December last year, and I was thinking about Christmas and how Christmas can be such a struggle for autistic or neurodivergent people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do some videos about that. So I thought, you know, I'll do, do some videos about autistic struggles at um, Christmas, neurodivergent struggles. And that was that was quite popular. Um So then I started making videos more regularly. Can't never say that word. (laughs) And um, it was going well and the pandemic kind of hit. And I started like making videos really regularly, like a couple of days a week uh, Mm -hmm. about being autistic, about mental health awareness. Um, I would set myself little challenges, like I'd try um, my fear foods. And that really, that fear food challenge really made my um, channel pop. Okay. And I was, like, gaining a lot of followers. And I was like, well, I can't really go back now, can I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it um, how it started. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, it's it's nice to hear that you almost didn't, like, you didn't go in with, like, a plan. It just kind of grew kind of organically. And it was something you enjoy. It's just something you enjoy doing. Like, that's quite refreshing to hear. <laughs> exactly. Like, I wasn't like, well, I'm going to make videos. This is going to be great. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And even when my videos were getting quite a few views and I was getting a lot more followers, I still didn't think I would be where I am today. I just thought, you know, I'd get to like 30k maybe on a good day. That'd be great. I'd have a few people that watch my videos. I never actually expected it to be such a big thing and have such an impact on so many people. Yeah, and I think it's it's so great to just now go on TikTok and see people like you who are autistic adults and like telling life as it is. Like it's almost not it's like the opposite of Instagram where like everything is like, you know, a perfect life. 
like when you come over to TikTok, people are like telling like real stories and like how they're coping with things. And like you say, like sensory stuff over Christmas and just, I don't know, it's, it's much more real. And I really appreciate watching things and being able to like to relate to your videos. I'm like, oh, I relate to that so much. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. It's definitely more real. And, um, I always, I always try and be positive. Like I don't want to be negative. It's got too many followers to be negative. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I did start making my videos because there was a lot of negativity on TikTok. Well, the side of TikTok I was on anyway. Um, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is like really depressing. It's getting me down. Um, so I was like, wow, I need to like reach out to kind of not everyone, but some of these people through my videos. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, TikTok like puts you in certain groups and stuff. So I'm like, wow, if I can just be like a positive person on mental health TikTok, then I could really make a difference on mm-hmm. neurodivergent TikTok. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so positive. Um, but being real at the same time, it's so like if I'm having a rubbish time, I will tell people I'm having a rubbish time. Mm-hmm. I did a video about having a panic attack. Like I went shopping, had sensory overload, had a massive panic attack. And I felt really rubbish. So I filmed a video like a few hours after when I was home just to say like what happened Mm -hmm. to my followers. And that got like 200,000 views. And I was like, wow, that's not even a positive video. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it wasn't bad, but like it still got so many views because I was being real and I wasn't like sugarcoating it or lying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think a lot of videos you see out there are kind of, I don't know, from a parent's point of view about their kids, like having kind of, you know, meltdowns or like panic attacks and stuff like that. And actually it's quite nice to see like an autistic adult, like, you know, this is, this is what happened. This is how it's affected me, you know, having an autistic kind of meltdown and it not being a tantrum and it being, you know, something that kind of tires you out for like a few hours or even like a few days. Like it's so nice to see the real side of, you know, being autistic and coping every day in this weird world <laughs> yeah I'd agree um it is refreshing and I love hearing from autistic adults like even as myself with my channel I'm constantly learning from other people and I mm-hmm. feel like first-hand experience is so important and I don't know when when you're um filming your child or whatever that's not your experience it's their experience but you can't get that across because you're not them mm-hmm. um and I have a lot of um families who have autistic kids uh follow me and they just say that my videos really help them and their family because they kind of understand more or they Mm -hmm. can put some things in place and try stuff out to see if it works and I think that's amazing because I don't know I would have loved that as a kid (laughs) um (laughs) with my family like trying and um learning from other autistic people Uh, Mm -hmm. I just think it's great yeah, I think so too. And like you say, just to have parents, you know, trying out things or being more aware of like, just even like sensory stuff and how little things can like affect our day. And that must be, you know, really helpful if you've got, you know, autistic children who can't say like communicate yet, like those little things. So it sounds like you've got like a really like wide audience, which is great. And especially because you're being so positive about autism and mental health stuff, I think that's that's really that's really good. <laughs> it's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. So let's have a look at my little outline. So we talked a little bit about uni. How so how are you in terms of like TikTok? Like it sounds like you're being very like responsible because you know you've got quite a big audience. Like how do you feel about like its growth? Because obviously you really, you like hit 
thousand like was it like a week or two ago yeah yeah and so you have you haven't really been on it that long in terms of like from last December did you say yeah and I've only been posting regularly since mm, April May wow (laughs) that's amazing I literally saw um because I'm doing a recap video of like my year on TikTok Mm -hmm. and um in April I was posting my I can't believe I've hit 10,000 followers and that's April that is a mad amount of growth (laughs) yeah and in September I hit 100k (laughs) oh my gosh and it's not even the end of the year yet wow (laughs) that's mad how do you does it like how do you feel about it because obviously it's a massive like like success but does it does it scare you at all or like how do you feel about it (laughs) it scares me a lot um I don't know it's amazing and it's incredible Mm. and like I am so grateful and I still can't believe it it doesn't feel real like I I, it's funny I am kind of represent the people as like how many times I could sell out the O2 arena which is 20k um capacity and like I've been to the O2 arena quite a lot and I was like oh no like that's that's so many people like even 20k is so many people Mm um and it's a lot it's scary it does make me anxious sometimes um and I'm always scared that like everyone I'm just gonna wake up one day and everyone's left <laughs> and I don't know why um right it's <laughs> a bit weird um no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's amazing and it's incredible and I can't believe how much I've grown like I never wanted to make videos on TikTok it just happened mm-hmm. um I never expected anyone to really watch them and now it's just so big I have like people that like write me letters I get messages all the time Mm. uh interviews it's all it's all just it's so much um (laughs) but it's great and I'm always just aware of what I put out because I want to be responsible um Mm. and say things in the right way I'm always scared I'm going to say something wrong and then like everyone's gonna be mad at me but I mean that hasn't happened um I think that's just a lot of anxiety that's that's just me um Mm. but overall it's been it's fantastic Uh, I feel like I'm doing an important thing like spreading autism and mental health awareness I feel like that's great um and I'm really excited for next year I want to I want to see how like far this goes I'm just I'm just excited yeah uh, just imagine this time next year like oh, it'd, be, it'd be really interesting to like I don't know hear from you again and be like you know in a year's time <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can't think that far ahead it just oh it's yeah. amazing um and I don't know I feel like being a disabled creator on TikTok's hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's not easy. The algorithm's a bit weird. They don't like pushing out um, disabled creators. They're getting a lot better at it. But to begin with, it was kind of like so hard to get people to see your videos. Mm-hmm. But they're getting so much better with it now. But I don't know, a lot of people have it, especially um, creators with Tourette's. Um, it's so hard to get, the, I don't know, them on board, like TikTok on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting so much better now which is a massive relief <laughs> that's good because like I see like a lot of people like I follow some people with Tourette's as well and they get like shadow banned every so often and it's just like why yeah. <laughs> like they're just making you know content about their daily lives like let them live <laughs> yeah exactly it's super hard and um I think that's why I'm always anxious that I'm gonna wake up one day and everyone's gonna be gone because mm-hmm. it even though you're creating your content, you don't really have control of who sees it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on a different app, you might. So I don't know, it's scary. But I, I actually, I love it. It's great. 
that's good i'm glad i'm glad you still enjoy it because that's you know the main thing i as as great that it is that you have so many followers it's important that you still enjoy making videos at the end of the day because yeah you know and it's it's so important to make videos that you like like for a little while i was making videos that people wanted me to make and i hated Mm -hmm. it and i was really burnt out and i was like wow like i was trying to force out a video every single day and i was at uni and had a job it wasn't working out so now i kind of reduce it to four or five times a week and it's just so much better like the videos i make are so higher quality i'm not just throwing out rubbish for the sake of it um Mm -hmm. And I've kind of learned that actually my followers are going to wait for me um, and I don't need to constantly be posting every single day. Like, it's fine. Like, it's chill. Yeah, and, um, I get, I get one that. One of the most amazing things is um, I started doing the point of view videos, which I don't know if you've seen. Mm-hmm. No, I have. They're really good. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, I did it once as a, as a whim um, about uh, Tangles, which is one of my favourite fidget toys. Mm-hmm. And um, an, an experience that happens to me all the time where someone takes my fidget toy from them and being my autistic self, I cannot ask for it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like a little video about it. I didn't think much of it. I turned my phone off for the rest of the day, came back and it, oh, I don't know, man, it went viral. <laughs> and it was like a million views in like a few hours. And I was like, what is going on? And like, I feel like with TikTok, I'm constantly adapting how I film and what I share mm-hmm. and I love that because like if I thought this time last year I was going to be doing point of view videos which are not easy to film mm. I'd be like nah <laughs> never but yeah I'm constantly learning and being creative and it's just a great outlet for me as well that's really great to hear and l- like you're saying about the point of view videos I re- I re- love the way they come across and I love how you like you'll like dress up as some sort of like almost like um, a teacher or like a psychiatrist and you'll be like really formal and then it'll just be, be like you on the other side like what <laughs> it's I just, so funny I love, like um I, I film them at home and I live with my parents mm-hmm. and my mum I always film those ones downstairs and I'll be like coming downstairs with like another outfit in my hand and my ring <laughs> light and my mum just laughs at me and I'm like what <laughs> like you know you know this is good and like at first they were kind of like thought that TikTok was kind of like a whim and they were kind of laughing at me about it okay but now they're like oh wow you're actually doing really good like this is great like I'm so proud of you Uh (laughs) so it's just funny them seeing me with like me with my outfits essentially getting ready to film they just think it's hilarious (laughs) well I'm glad they're supportive of you because I feel like like my parents as well they're just not really aware of what TikTok really is and you have to kind of like try and explain what it is but I'm glad that your parents are like kind of on board with it now <laughs> and can see your like your like progress and everything that's really cool yeah it's really cool <laughs> um so I was gonna um say to you so how how are you finding like juggling uni and like your job at the moment are you kind of like just working over Christmas or do you kind of like do like I don't know like you pick up your job more when it's like busier times of the year so with um, uni being mainly online, I only go in one day a week. And I think next time I'm going in like two days sometimes, but mainly one day. Um, my job offer is really flexible. Um, so I work two days a week. Well, not even two days. It's like one and a half days a week. Um, so Thursday afternoon and then all day Sunday. Um, and that is going well. Like I've got into a good routine and I think that's really important for me. If mm-hmm. I don't have a routine, I fall apart. Uh, so... I know what days I'm going in on uni. I know what days I'm doing uni work because there's so much of it to do at home. 
and then I know what days I'm going into work. And that's that juggles really well. Obviously, when I'm on placement, I won't be able to work, but my job are like, that's fine. Um, we'll just okay. wait for you, which is great. Um, this Christmas is great because I had a, a couple of weeks off because my job's shut because uh, we do like childcare, so mm-hmm. we're on a break. Um, so I picked up a week at Tesco's because I thought that would be fun. Um, and yeah, I just it's so important for me to have a balance because if I don't have the balance, I burn out. And that was my major issue before I was diagnosed, constantly burning out because I was just working so much. But now I'm like really strict on it and I'll say no to people if I can't do it. That's good. That's that's part of my problem is knowing to say no and like doing it for myself. <laughs> Saying that's... no is so hard. It is because like I, 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 for some reason I like pleasing people. It's just like inbuilt to me for some unknown reason I don't know if it's built in a lot of autistic people yeah you just want to like say yes and like help everyone but actually like you say you just get burnt out so quick if you don't like you know say no or say you know try and stick to a routine I think it's really good that you've got like you know when you're working you know when you've got uni work you've you kind of can block out time to film stuff as well like that's good that you've got like a good like schedule in place I think that's important <laughs> yeah exactly and I was getting pretty burnt out in November um but I think that was because there was just so much going on like appointments as well they proper burn me out like sometimes I just have a week where I have loads of appointments and I'm like I know you're here to help me but this <laughs> isn't helping um and I had like tons of appointments and at times like that I'm just like this isn't helping like I want to cancel you but I never do because I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. um but I made sure because I was burnt out, I had more time to recharge over Christmas. So that's, that's always good. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I've learned from like getting a diagnosis as an adult is like I can cut myself a bit more slack now and be like, you know, just be a little bit kinder to myself and stop myself from burning out. And I don't know, I don't know how neurotypical people just carry on and on and on, but I know that. If I don't stop, I will burn out. So, <laughs> yeah, that um, I used to really struggle with recharging. I used to just have a lot of negative thoughts. I was like lazy or not good mm. enough or all this kind of stuff. And I used to feel so guilty. But now I'm just like, well, I'm going to have a nap and I don't care because I can <laughs> do what I want. <laughs> do it for you. And that's the thing like, stuff like, I don't think people realize, like, as like autistics, that like things like appointments or like even just like going to the hairdressers or something like that, it like takes up so much brain power and so much like, I don't know, like energy, like mentally, not just physically, like coming up with like a script and stuff in your head and, you know, keeping up small talk. And when you get home, all you want to do is just like flop. (laughs) (laughs) It's really exhausting. Like, as you said, even the smallest things are so tiring. Mm. And yeah, I don't get how neurotypical people do it. I don't understand. How, how do you find like working in retail? Because I, I worked in retail for a little bit and I found like customer facing can be quite like a lot to deal with sometimes. Do you do the like same sort of role at Tesco's like each day kind of thing? Or So I had a job in retail before Tesco's um, and that didn't go very well. I was working like really short shifts of only four hours, but they were in the evening. I was working in a, like a, a, what do you call it, off license kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that sucked like the lights were so bright because it was night time um uh-huh. the customers were just always angry or like there was always something going on um and it sucked and I was like I'm never working in retail ever again 
Uh, and then the pandemic hit and my work shut. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do something because I'm actually going to go insane if I don't have a routine. Mm-hmm. So I got a job at Tesco's. And um, my first job there was um, .com, which is basically you go around and pick people's online shopping, which is so satisfying. I don't okay. know if people's autistic or what, but oh, I love it. And um, <laughs> I would wake up and like, well, start my shift at 6am, which is pretty early for me. Um, and I just loved it because it was like, having my own job like I had a little like it's like a phone it's a scanner um which Mm -hmm. would tell me where I needed to go in the store uh to get what items and then I'd scan it and then it would color code and be like you need to put it in the blue tray or the orange tray and then I'll do that and there was a little target on it and like if you're doing blue it meant you're doing amazing and if you're doing red it meant you're rubbish and you had to be quicker um and I just loved it like I always wanted to get green or blue (laughs) because I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. um and it was just so good, like, for my autistic brain. And mm-hmm. I could just be left alone and do what I wanted. And I'd mm-hmm. run around for six hours and then I'd go home at lunchtime, which was amazing because I still had the entire day. Um, and then, like, when I went back, I had to do uh, tills, which, oh, my goodness. Oh. Um, and, like, because it, I was only there for a week, they were like, let's do eight-and-a-half-hour shifts. And I was like, excuse me, I did not say yes to this. I said yes to six, but wow, okay. okay. And I always had the same script for every customer, which really helped. I'd be like, if it was the morning, I'd be like, morning, how are you? Um, And then because it was like really early, I was starting at 6am, I would be like, how's your morning so far? And they'd be like, I've just woke up. And I'd be like, oh, that's a bad question. (laughs) You never know at this time in the morning. Um, And that, that would be my script. And then like, if it was a bit late on in the afternoon, I'd be like, oh, you know, how's your morning? And they'd actually have something to say about it, which was mm-hmm. always great. Um, and then, like, the closer to Christmas it got, like, I'd say Merry Christmas at the end, but at the beginning of the week I wouldn't. I'd just say, have a good day. Like, <laughs> nice. oh, it sounds, like, autistic. <laughs> um, but it was so much. Like, the lights were pretty bright. Like, I liked being on a till that kind of faced a wall, which I don't like normally because I like to see, what, see what's going on. Mm. But the glare of the lights was so much that, if I was on a till that was facing like a lot of the sh- shop, it was just like constant shining. Okay. Whereas there wasn't much in front of me. There was not much to shine off, which was great. Um, okay. But I was so exhausted. I had to go home and have a nap every time. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, it was a lot, um, but I was only for a week. Uh, this is why I like .com. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> love how... I wanted. Yeah, that sounds so satisfying. And to like see visually that you're like hitting a target. Oh. I totally get how how much fun that would be (laughs) you would have like weekly reviews and my manager would be like Cheryl you did great you're like the one of the quickest this week green (laughs) or blue and I'd be like yes and then my friends would be like I don't care about the targets and I'm like mate honestly (laughs) red Um, I love I love that you're like gamifying it you're like I will you know making like a kind of like real life game out of it and hitting your targets (laughs) and Tesco's are really supportive like a week into my job, obviously the pandemic hit, a lot of change. Um, I had an autistic meltdown in the changing room. Okay. And I was literally on the floor, crying, rocking, like completely inconsolable. Um, <laughs> and my manager walked in and found me. <laughs> and obviously they knew I was autistic, but they like, never asked any questions about it. Um, mm-hmm. And because it was a pandemic, they were like, oh my God, we don't know what to do because we can't really get near you. Um and I, I just could not do anything. And they were like, what do you need? And I was like, okay. I was like fruit pastels because they really helped ground me. And they went to the shop floor 
got me some fruit pastels. I never had to pay for them. Um, and they like gave me their blazer so I could use it as a blanket okay and like they never they don't know anything about my autism but they Mm -hmm. were so friendly and helpful um and they just let me go home uh, which was great but like I just feel so comfortable working there whereas not all retails like that retail can be horrible that's so great as well that they asked like what what can we do they didn't just try and do something without consulting you (laughs) they actually talked to you like a human that's so good. I'm so I'm so nice to hear of like a company that is kind of a bit more switched on. <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so you kind of mentioned earlier that one of your favourite fidget toys was a Tangle, which I am definitely, you know, supporting you with that because I love my Tangle. <laughs> but do you have like any other favourite like? fidget toys do you carry kind of them with you on a daily basis like how much do you use them sort of thing so I have um a fidget toy um like pencil case in my bag which goes everywhere with me and inside mm-hmm. it there's a few different fidget toys um and it's always with me it goes to uni it goes to my work it's everywhere um and I find that really helpful with fidget toys I don't know like if I'm traveling so like I used to do a a lot of solo travel before the pandemic hit um Mm -hmm. I would always have my tangle on the plane in the airport when I was going to my hotel like it would always be in my hand um whereas but you know when I'm home not so much like I'll use it if I feel like I need it um so at work sometimes if I'm really anxious I'll get out my fidget toys um if I'm at home, I use them a f- bit more at home recently because I've got some amazing new fidget toys. Um, I've got a water wiggle, which, oh my God, is so good. And I Ooh. use that all Christmas Day. And I just sat there downstairs playing with it. And my sister thought it was hilarious. She loved, she loved playing with it. She's older than me as well. I was like, I'm going to get you one of these. Um, <laughs> and at university, I've only ever used one once. And I, did, I forgot I did this because I haven't really been in education for a while but I'm a picker um especially if I'm trying to concentrate and I had like a a situation in class like the week before it didn't go very well um and I was like wow I need to fiddle with something in class um because you know my fingers deserve better from me um (laughs) (laughs) I got out a fidget toy that I don't use very often which is like a a ball and it's got sand in it and you can like press down on it it's just very very satisfying Mm -hmm. um and I got it out and I always sit in the front row because it's, it helps me concentrate. And my tutor kind of looked at me and then looked at me again. And I was like, oh, no, she's like called a fidget toy. Um, she didn't oh. say anything about it. And she kind of smiled at me. And it was great because that's the first time I've actually used one in class. And I was like worried about the reaction. Okay. And it just really helped me stop like my poor fingers. They were great <laughs> after that. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know. So I use it when I feel like I need it, but I always have them on me because you know you never know when you're going to need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I also, I also really struggled. Like, I are you like a nail biter? Is that what? Is that I'm what you're? My nail of... biter. I put the skin on my fingers. Right. Okay. Got you. I'm I, I'm a nail biter, so I get what you mean about like. I don't know, just trying to be kind to your hands yeah. every so often, and like stop and realize like, oh, I've I've done too much. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I got a new fidget toy recently. Um, I was at work and I was 
Oh, it's another story. I've got so many stories. I'm sorry. Go for it. Another story. Um, I work and I work with um, young people with disabilities, um, which is great. It's like a youth uh, centre. And one of the young people uh, put butter in my hair, like loads of it. And I'm a leader at this job. So I kind of have to always be on scheme and like know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I hate things in my hair. Mm-hmm. and I hate sticky things and I hate greasy things Ooh. and I could feel it all in my hair and there was nothing I could do about it like the shift had only just started it was a seven hour shift oh my god and I sat in the office um and I just sat there and a youth worker came in and he was like are you okay and I was like there is butter in my hair and like they know I'm autistic and I was like I I cannot deal with it um mm-hmm. I was really anxious and he was like I'm going to get you a fidget toy. And he he had some fidget toys on him. And he was like, and I'm going to get some baby wipes and we get it out of your hair. Um, and he did. And he let me keep the fidget toy. I was like, you know, you can have it back. Um, and he was like, no, no, no. And it's like a, oh, I Googled what the name was earlier. It's, um, oh, what is it? A, a flippy chain, but it's more like an infinity ring where it's so tiny. And you just like, um, you just fiddle it with it in one hand. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's not beating a tangle, but it's nearly there. <laughs> I know what you mean. It looks like a little, like, kind of, like, two-key ring kind of thing. Yes. And, yeah, so swivel good. it, yeah. So good. <laughs> oh, bless him. That's so, that's so sweet to just have, I mean, he sounded like a legend, bless him, having wet wipes and fidget toys available. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he was a legend. Oh, I mean, I'd like to think even, you know, neurotypical people wouldn't like butter in their hair, but even you just telling that story, I could, like sense how awful that would have been <laughs> it was very very awful oh I mean that's amazing that you're like I feel like you're giving back to the community in so many different ways like physically through like your job and like th- online through your videos and it's amazing that you're so like positive and you know despite you know running into things like butter in your hair <laughs> that you you're able to carry on <laughs> Yeah, and I think, like, one of the things that really helps now is just being open. And, like, I'm open online, so why can't I be open in, like, real life? There's a lot mm-hmm. less people in real life than there is online. Um, and so being open with my work colleagues, actually, I am autistic. A lot of them follow me on TikTok, so they know what's up. Um, I think that situation would have ended in a very different way if they weren't aware. Because, mm-hmm. you know, butter in my hair is not a good situation. I probably would have started crying and panicking. <laughs> and, oh, God. that's so great that like it's I know it sounds weird that your colleagues follow you but that they have that kind of background to you in a way is quite like refreshing that you know they might have like come into you know contact with one of your videos and you know might be able to like chat to you about it further and stuff like that I think that's really that's really lovely it is really lovely and my, my family follow me as well and um it was at Christmas and my sister was like can I just have a look at your sensory toy and I was like yeah sure and she was like no honestly because I've seen your TikToks and uh, I know you don't like people taking your sensory toys <laughs> and I was like no you're my sister it's fine I know you're gonna get that <laughs> I love that she referenced it though like she's like I will give it back <laughs> <laughs> exactly I was like don't you worry because if you don't I'll do a TikTok next week about you <laughs> <laughs> my sister's always like that as well like I used to like whenever I like before the pandemic whenever I used to go into like a tiger store like flying tiger I used to like film stuff and she'd always take the mick 
like out of me. But like more recently, whenever she goes into a tiger store, she'll send me like a clip, like pretending to be me, like vlogging, like in tiger. <laughs> it's so embarrassing, but like she's kind of on board with it now. <laughs> Tiger's just great for all the things. I know. And they have so many like good like fidgets, which aren't like, they're pretty decent, but they're also like cheapish. Exactly. Which is a rarity. Mm. So some of them are so expensive, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe we've been talking for like 45 minutes. It's gone so quick. I've been rambling. I do apologise. <laughs> no, no, no. We like a ramble. I, I tend to ramble. Like sometimes I do these podcasts on my own and that's very rambly. <laughs> <laughs> Just people listening to me like rant about something that's happened at work or something. <laughs> that's quite funny. Yeah. I'm quite like, I'm, I really want to get to a point that like you're at with like work where people are kind of aware but you know don't know like you know everything about you kind of thing but just for people to be aware that like I'm autistic I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully hopefully getting to that point at work because where I work I've worked there for like three years and it's a bit of a kind of toxic kind of gossipy work environment so I'm a bit worried about telling them um but I've always thought if I move on to a different job that I would definitely be like open so and I think like just watching like videos online and TikToks and stuff like that, it kind it's kind of given me the confidence to think, you know, oh, when I move to another job, I'll be like more open. So, yeah, it's really nice to hear from you. Yeah, I think it's a really scary thing to do um, mm. because you don't know how people are going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you do it and people are okay with it, it's just so much easier because it's like actually, if you ask me if I can do an extra shift and I say I need time to think about it. I know you're going to be okay with it. Whereas mm. if you didn't know I was autistic, you might be like, well, why? Like, why do you need time to think about it? Like, it just makes everything easier. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do. Yeah. And I don't know, just just being able to have that kind of understanding and like you say, people not kind of question things if you're, you know, struggling a bit or having a bit of a meltdown, like it just makes everything less awkward, I think. <laughs> Definitely. So, I think we've kind of gone through all my all my different things that we were going to chat about. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? <laughs> um, I've mentioned many things. <laughs> you need to mention your username for TikTok because I haven't mentioned that yet. <laughs> oh yes, so uh, people can follow you. So, if you want to follow me on TikTok, my username is underscore. This line is mine. Uh, I'm over there and. It's also the same username for Instagram and Twitter. So you can see me over there and send me a message. Uh, It'd be great, yeah. Awesome. And is there any, like, meaning behind the username, just out of interest? I get asked this question a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's kind of funny because it was just, like, my Twitter username. And it's kind of like I don't want to put my actual name on uh, TikTok and stuff. So Mm. I put that username. And the influence behind that is a band 21 Pilots. Okay. Um, who I love. And they did a video, it was ages ago now, about um how you are online and basically you have to be really careful because you can be negative or you can be in troll and it can really damage people's lives. Or you can be positive and you're in control of that kind of line. Um mm-hmm. and I you know that was just a, a good Twitter username to have, because uh, I was uh, like 21 pilots and my Twitter was about 21 pilots, so I was like, that'll go well. Um, mm-hmm. kind of makes a lot more sense now uh, do TikTok and 
I am constantly like, well, I'm going to be the positive in this sometimes negative uh, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot more sense now. Um, I just don't want 21 pints to come for me for using that. So <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I really like that, that it like subtly plays into everything. I think that's really clever. <laughs> yeah, it never used to. Um, but now it makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, wow, that, that fits real well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I really like it. That It's okay. I'm sure they'll they'll be happy that you've used it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and for chatting about just everything it's really interesting to hear about like just you know even from like your diagnosis and that process all the way through to like how you're doing now and like just want to say good luck with everything good luck with tiktok good luck with your uni course and your job as well like i know the pandemic's been well actually this year in general has been pretty rough but you've made like such a positive like impact and done some really good things this year which is really nice to hear (laughs) yeah thank you so much and it's just it's great for me to say that I'm actually in a really good place like I haven't been able to say that for years like Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever said that um and it's been a rubbish year and things can still be rubbish but how I view them is completely different to how I would even a year ago and a lot of that is due to TikTok like I don't think people realise the people who follow me, they've had such a massive impact on my life as well as me on theirs. Like they've made me confident. They've made me more happy, more positive, higher self-esteem, like completely changed my life. I never expected it. Um, And I'm very grateful. And I'm actually really happy to say that I'm in a great place and I'm excited for the future and to see what 2021 brings, hopefully some better news (laughs) for the world. That would be nice. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again. And, um, yeah um anyone listening feel free to message me or cheryl and let us know what you thought of this podcast (laughs) yeah that'll be great yeah so um yeah i'll see you in my next episode everyone so bye from me and cheryl do you want to say bye as well (laughs) bye hope you all have a great day